Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. It's uh, Roxanne Durhodge. Thank you for tuning in again this week to Authentic Living with Roxanne. Today I have a colleague um, that I'm so happy to welcome on to her show. It's Carol Schulte. Hi, Carol. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you, Roxanne? I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, nice to come off uh, that long, well, that weekend with um, lots of travel and lots of family, lots of turkey. Same here on, on this end. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a little bit about Carol because Carol has quite a fascinating um, background, one that intrigues me and I know I have a lot of questions about her, um, her path that she's taken in life. So I'll read a bit about her bio and uh, if there's anything that I've missed, Carol will, will fill in the blanks. She's a professional speaker and a founder of an organization called Living Women Living Big. Uh, she's on a mission to get women out of their comfort zones and into their big zones. And we're going to talk about big because that's an acronym for uh, part of her brand. Um, she's lived in ashrams in India, vans um, in New Zealand. That's the one I want to know more about. Lost <laughs> in Thailand, I would say Jamaica, but let's talk about Thailand. And shaved her head while raising uh, money for breast cancer. Uh, wow. Um, and she walks her talk. She recently came back and I recently met Carol at uh, the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers, where we're both members, where she spent a year away on a remote um, living and working um, in a new country per month. Uh, wow. Um, and I'd heard about that when you had come back. So I'm, I'm really uh, interested in hearing a little bit more about that. And she's all about saying yes to life. She has a background in uh, theater performance. She's got an MA in communications. And she's worked with international audiences for almost uh, over 10 years. And she's been, not only been helping people um, and women stand up on surfboards, but divide gravity while indoor skydiving. And you can find her helping out with bereavement uh, facilitation, um, training for triathlons, or practicing her serious carpool carpool karaoke game so that i'm curious about <laughs> hear more about that carol so that's uh what uh what an interesting path you've taken so is there anything that i've missed that maybe the listeners should hear about i i don't think so hopefully we'll we'll get into it as we go um but thank you for that yes i i have a very very background but uh it's all really about living authentically and i know that's what you're all about and saying yes to the next big opportunity that calls you not being afraid to to figure it out as you go along and ultimately really be be who you are so I used to be on stages and then I taught communication at university for a while and now I'm all about being the cheerleader that my mom was to me which we'll get into um, for other women because she really was my number one fan and uh, a lot of why I do what I do and a lot of the traveling was actually motivated by unfortunately losing losing her losing my best friend my number one fan and 
Um, and now recognizing as cliche as it sounds, life is too short not to be living authentically and not to be doing those things that scare you because that's when life really happens and where it really gets rich and where you ultimately grow into the biggest version of you. So, you know, I listened to, you know, you talk about your mom being such a, a, she's obviously the nexus of what you've created. So I want you to tell, you know, I, I've worked a lot with women and I know you're surrounded in, in your uh, coaching and you're speaking with women. What are some of the key things that you find the messages that you've heard from women um, in your travels or in your, on your path across the world about the messages that they get about being female in the world and going after their goals? What are some of the things that you kind of often hear from women? I think a lot of times from women, we hear a lot of excuses and reasons as to why they're not going after what it is that they want. And I think women are different in men in a lot of ways. And a lot of the research that I've done in terms of confidence and bravery and what that looks like is we're actually wired differently. We use different parts of our, our brains. Um, we actually are more risk averse than men are. We use 25% more of our hippocampus, which is the area of our brain, which is connected to connection and people. So we'd rather be liked than be respected. And so that prevents us from sometimes going out there in a bigger way. And um, we also care a lot about what people think. We have um, a lot of things that get in our way. And so I call them bravery killers. And um, the, the top three bravery killers are perfectionism, people pleasing, and pausing, percolating, fascinating. So we wait until everything is perfect before we come out of the gates, which means that we often wait and don't do anything <laughs> because we want things to be perfect. We don't want to look bad. We have a, uh, you know, we want to look good. We have a fear of doing anything less than perfect. So we wait until we have 85 to 95% of the qualifications or certifications necessary before going after the next big thing, be it a job or promotion or opportunity. Um, the second thing, people pleasing, we care so much about what people think. And as women, we're so good at taking care of everyone else around us putting ourselves last, that eventually we dim our own light or dim our own dreams or dim our own big ideas for lives because we want to make sure everyone else around us is great. But what I've learned is that when you're not being authentic to who you are, which includes going after your own goals, being true to your values, letting yourself shine, then you're doing a disservice not only to yourself, but also the world because we need role models. And because when you're using your gifts to help other people, it allows everybody to step in to their light and do the same. So that's the second big one. And then the third one, percolating, pausing, procrastinating, we wait. Dr. Seuss calls, uh, calls it the waiting place. One of my favorite books and great business books, Oh, the Places You'll Go, he talks about this place where people are just waiting, waiting for a plane to come or a train to go or a bus to go, um, waiting around for a yes or a no, waiting for the snow to sow, waiting for our hair to grow. Everyone is just waiting. And, you know, we spend so much of our time waiting for things that are out of our control. 693 hours on average for planes, trains, and, and other forms of transport. 22 weeks waiting on hold for our favorite customer service representatives, the average of six months over our lifetime waiting in lines for uh, bank tellers or amusement parks or um, grocery stores. But the other kind of waiting we do is more detrimental. And we spend a lot of time waiting to feel good enough, waiting to feel ready, waiting for all of our ducks to be in a row, waiting for the perfect moment to magically arrive. And you and I both know, Roxanne, that that perfect moment will never magically arrive. It's when we choose it. And, and it could be today if, if we recognize that, you know, 
we, we only have so much time, nothing is guaranteed. And so we can't wait anymore to be perfect. We can't wait anymore for permission. And we can't wait to, to, um, you know, to please everybody and still be true to who we are and go after all that we want. So that's some of the biggest things I find when working with women. And Long you know, answer. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but, but so, so very true, right? So really, really pragmatic, uh, things that people come up with about why they can't do certain things. So if you think of, you know, I'm trying to think of the average person that might come and come through some of your coaching or some of your events or those types of things. And oftentimes when I coach women, they will, they will have really, really practical reasons. You know, I'm a single mom. Um, you know, my partner is there for me, but he's not that supportive or, you know, um, these, you know, the economics aren't there sometimes. So there's always some valid, valid things. So what do you do? Tell me about some of the things that you expose people to that deep authentic space within themselves where they do slow down. What are some of the things that you do either at your events or your coaching that allows women to really kind of connect and listen? who they are, uh, which I think is so important. And I, I totally get it. Um, you know, you, you with the amazing work that you do with women, sometimes they are valid reasons, but sometimes it's really hiding on top of what's really going on. Uh, and we're scared as women, but some of the things that I do, so I have a course and actually I'd be happy to gift it to any of your, your listeners and, and watchers called spark your genius. And it goes through what each individual's genius, person's genius is and it's an acronym I love acronyms but it's getting clear on what your unique gifts are what is your experience what is your narrative so all the three things that sort of contribute to who you are right here right now which needs to be honored recognized and celebrated but also to see that who you want and choose to be moving forward doesn't have to be limited based on that so the I is inspiration you unique values and as service what do you what is a service you want to offer the world so I take women through questions and exercises that they can do at their own time um, to really get clear on what makes them special unique different who are they and we're so busy that we don't take the time to think about oh wow what makes me different what's based on my story and my my you know some of my messes what is the big message or what is my purpose and sometimes those questions can be very daunting very overwhelming but if you break it by step by step you know what are the things that come easily and naturally to you what do people thank you for um, you know getting clear on some of these things that make you who you are then you start to see things about you that you've maybe pushed down for too long because you've had to play other roles because you've been a single mom because you've had to do all of these things and all these responsibilities that you know, sometimes do get in the way. Life can certainly get in the way. But when you start to reveal who you are at your core, you can recognize, well, maybe there are small things that I can do to, to bring that part of me up again. And, you know, if, it's, if one of your values is adventure and you can't even remember the last time you went on a hike or did something different or crazy, well, maybe it's time to bring that back in. So um, I think awareness is such a huge part, but asking specific questions for women to be able to highlight parts of themselves that have maybe been dormant or they haven't exposed for a while is really important. So really sometimes it's very, very small things that people can actually do because they get overwhelmed, you know, um, with goals, right? So it's kind of like, you know, I'm going to use an example. I saw a girlfriend the other day and at that time she was never a runner and I was, I'm a, you know, maybe five, 10 K that at that point when I was running. <laughs> and um, so it was a friend of mine and her, and um, she had not already, she wasn't ready running. 
and we were just went for a you know not a very far run and she was like turning red like she was you know she you know was in relatively good shape but wasn't running and I remember talking to her I just ran into her at the uh, grocery store just in my little town and I said remember that time when you went running with uh, myself and my other friend and you were so beat red and I said we were killing ourselves laughing she has since gone on um, <laughs> to do uh, she's been in the worlds um, for her, her, her category um, she's gone and um, exactly she's qualified for the worlds a couple of times and had always said that, I remember when we were younger, um, she had young kids and had had kids quite young. And she had always said that she wanted something special in, in her world. So I was giggling mm -hmm. with her the other day at the store as we're packing her groceries in her trunks. And I said, remember that time? And she, I said, isn't it interesting when you set yourself, at that point she hadn't set her, her sights um, on, and competing at that level for her category and had gone on, I think she's gone to the world's twice, has qualified twice and is now a third time. What an impressive thing for a friend. Wow. Um, and I, you know, she was saying that she was listening to the podcast. So I hope she listens to this one. <laughs> also because she, as a mom that had young kids, had always said that she wanted to do something special, found that within herself and has just gone in an Ironman, a half an Ironman just recently um, you know, so that speaks to what you're saying, right? It's, it's so true. We can put the roadblocks, but it's finding, you know, what, it, like, what's my story? You know, where am I at? What do I love? Like, do I like painting? Do I like outdoors? Do I like reading? You know, what is it that I do? Do I like helping others? How can I be of service? Because that doesn't cost any money to be able to go out and volunteer somewhere, but it's having that belief in yourself that I'm, have something to give back to the world, which is what I hear clearly that you do with the women that you come in contact with. Uh, absolutely. Not only, um, you know, do I have something to offer the world, but that I'm deserving of that. I'm deserving of showing up in, in my best place, in my best light. And kudos to your friend, because I think, I think um, often when we have big dreams or big goals, we think that it's so big that we don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. And so when you say it's about starting small, it's absolutely about starting small. And in fact, one of the, the great quotes that I love is, um, and I'm totally going to butcher it, but it's this idea that it's only through small, consistent acts on a regular basis that you're going to ever get to the big, right? It's, mm -hmm. If you want to live big, you got to start small. And that's actually what my book that I'm writing right now is all about because I'm sure your friend would attest to the fact that you know, she needed to learn to run around the block before she could then do a 5K or a 10K. The problem is that women want to have it figured out right away, as I was mentioning before, that if they don't think they're going to be good at it, they have this idea that they're never going to be able be able to good at it. And um, Carol Dweck does a lot of work on this growth mindset. And the mm -hmm. idea that as women, we can't think that the skills we have today are the skills that we're only ever going to have for the rest of our life. We have to be willing to grow, get messy, try things out and take one small step at a time. And I, th I think something like a half Ironman or Ironman or a running race, that's what I love so much about the physical uh, activities and exercises that we do. I took a group of women to do their first try a try just a few weeks ago and can attest to the like the sheer sense of accomplishment that they had crossing that finish line. And it's actually not about crossing the finish line. It's about signing up for the race in the first place. It doesn't matter where you come in. I mean, the fact that your friend qualified for worlds twice is incredible, but it's about doing the thing. Like that's the goal and that's the win. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what getting into your big zone is all about. It's, it's, 
experiencing it, not necessarily to check something off your list, even though, you know, I'm all about the buckets, uh, bucket list. It's really about who do you need to become in the process and just signing up for the thing is where you win. And um, I think we need to train ourselves to recognize it's doing those small steps that's going to get to the big things. Because you and I both know we can't put writing a book on our to-do list or starting a podcast on our to-do list, but it's let's set up a phone call with somebody who's done that before and start to do the research. Let's spend 20 minutes brainstorming what we want, might want to talk about, right? So it's, it's breaking down those big goals and dreams that we have is something that's tangible that we can actually do that will start building the momentum we need to believe in ourselves enough to finally make it happen. So what I'd like to talk a lot about, because I know um, with all of us that have gone through achieved goals, sometimes that, you know, that chatter in our head is the, you know, is the one that we need to turn down. And we also need to turn up some other messages that become kind of like it's a bullhorn, right? You're hearing the, the, the positive messages. And I, you know, what I know is that surrounding yourself with uh, people that have like messages are key. So mm-hmm. tell, me, tell me a little bit about your mom because she sounded like she was amazing and what she did for you uh, to be able to kind of uh, create that space and what you do for other women now to get that support in the present when they're starting to achieve goals. I know that's a big question, but... It is a big question, but such an important one. And you're bang on, Roxanne, that we, we all need to surround ourselves surround ourselves by others who lift us up. And that's, I mean, Oprah's a great quote, surround yourself only by those who lift you up. Um, you know, and I always do a little, little motion like this, but it's so true. I think I was very fortunate growing up in that my mom was my, my biggest fan and biggest cheerleader. And when I was in theater, my, in my past life, um, she was at every opening and every closing of every show I ever did mm-hmm. and believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. And I remember I almost didn't get back into theater school after the first year because we had to re-audition to get back in. And all of my teachers, we had to sit in this boardroom after I had just given my, my all in my Shakespearean sonnet and totally thought I had knocked it out of the park. Basically, one by one, they told me why they thought I shouldn't be let back in because the common themes were stop trying to please daddy, stop trying to go outside of yourself to seek approval. And I guess they had caught me in some of our weird exercises where they would ask us to do things like roll around on the ground with our eyes closed, expressing our emotion using nothing but ah. And, and I would be the one with my eyes looking at whatever everybody else was doing because I didn't trust that I knew how to do it or that I was good enough, just me. And so, you know, I called my mom after I was told that maybe I wasn't, wasn't cut out for this. And she came to my rescue, even at university, and we walked into the theater school director's office. Dr. Iris McGregor Bannerman. And, you know, it turned out they did not want me in the program, but they wanted me to start, you know, trusting me and, and believing myself. And so I think having her throughout my, um, my life was, was huge because she knew exactly what I needed to hear when I needed to hear it, even if I didn't ask for it. She just got me like nobody else has gotten me and, and maybe nobody else will. And I think um, I was 24 when she passed away and it was, devastating because I you know I was just starting to grow my theater career and um, I eventually moved back home to look at her and for the first time in my life finally felt purpose didn't feel like I wasn't good enough or wasn't tall enough or blonde enough or skinny enough to land the role or get the gig I was where I needed to be and then when she passed I lost my number one fan my purpose and me all at the same time and that's sort of what prompted my travels and living abroad because 
you know, I can share some of my stories and have people say, wow, you were really living big. But I was actually escaping big, hiding big, because I wasn't ready to face life without that one person who believed in me. Now, eventually I realized, okay, I got to figure out my life and, and do something with it, which is why I went back to school and I did a, a master's thesis on end of life discourse or the lack thereof that takes place between family members at end of life. And, you know, really wanted to help with that communication because I think if you don't take care of unfinished business or have those difficult final conversations and not to go morbid on those conversations, but so many people find so many people will be there, especially women. Um, you know, if you don't do that for you, then you have a harder time adjusting to life afterwards. And so I was fortunate that I, um, did a lot of research and did a lot of qualitative interviews with women who found themselves in similar places. And, and I think having a cheerleader is so, so important. Mm -hmm. um, and I realized that, you know, I think we, we attach some of our identity in those people that, um, that believe in us who are there to cheer us on. But I was actually very lucky in having that in my mom. And there's a lot of women who don't have that. Mm -hmm. And so now one of the things I love about the work I do is really getting to be that cheerleader that my mom was for me, for other women. And I've taken for granted that I, even though I lost her at a young age, I had that at least growing up. And now, whether or not I do it consciously or subconsciously, I've always been very fortunate to have amazing women and people surrounding me who are there to lift me up and who are there to believe in me and encourage me because we all need that. We all have those voices, as you said, in our head. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. Fear is not going anywhere anytime soon. So what are we going to do in spite of it? And one of the biggest things to make sure is that we do have those cheerleaders that I, I call it your positive posse or your positive peeps posse or your um, empowerment entourage. Like you need to have people around you who are going to be there to cheer you on and, and encourage you those days where, you know, you don't feel like getting out of bed because <laughs> we're all going to be there. Right. And it's such a pop, you know, and, and the research shows that, right? Because we all will go through those dips right periodically and it's kind of what we do in in those not when we're good we're all when we're good we're good right we we can do anything but it's it's the in-betweens and it's so significant because that's when your cognitions get impacted your thoughts and what you tell yourself and sometimes it's just picking up a, a, a phone to talk to a friend that makes you really really laugh or it could be a friend that says okay you know basically to tell you enough's enough or the friend that lets you purge and say okay are you done now so again, it's, or, or a coach or someone that really sees you for who you are versus the space that you're at, at that time. And that speaks to the whole, you know, a lot of research around resilience is because most of us kind of feel like we want to shut down, like literally, if you think about it, but really if we, if we kind of lean in and that's what resilience is, is saying, hey, I need some support. And, 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 you know, I'm not sure what I need, but I just need to talk to somebody that I, I know is there for me. And oftentimes, two heads are better than one, three heads are better than one. And before you know it, you, you've kind of gotten out of the prefront, the emotional part of the brain into that logical part of the brain that reminds you, wow, I did this, 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 and this today. But in the last 25 minutes, I put myself in this state. So it's really to that, what that support system does for you. Now, Absolutely. tell me about some of the events that you've done. And um, because if they sound fascinating, I was on your website, I, I saw a beautiful picture with a lot of women. So what, what are those events about? And what do you get into at those events um, that the listeners might or viewers might be um, interested in? 
Well, we do lots of uh, events that kind of physically ask you to get a little bit out of your comfort zone. Because what I found in my research and in doing these events and conferences is that when you are physically pushing yourself beyond what you thought possible, then all of a sudden what becomes possible after that mentally in your life and in your business just skyrockets. So we did our first female conference um, almost two years ago and it involved a lot of physical elements. So we had a, um, a foam pit where you could literally take the leap. There was a ladder where you could jump off or leap off or fall off. Uh, we had African dancing. We had drum circle. We had learning juggling, um, learning self-defense, sign language, all of these things that maybe women have always wanted to do but haven't actually done or made happen. And then on a monthly basis, we do events, whether or not it's indoor skydiving or axe throwing. When I was living abroad, I did a different Women Living Big event in each country. And so we would, uh, depending on what was sort of big, where we were at, it, was, <laughs> it required a lot of quick thinking and researching once I landed on the ground, okay, who are some local people I can connect with? What seems to be big there? So we did things like surfing in Lima, Peru. We did paragliding in Colombia. Um, we did a vino and vulnerability night in Buenos Aires, so we had wine tasting, but also we all had very vulnerable questions that everybody had thrown into jars, and we got to know people on a very different level, which was huge too. Um, but really, it's an opportunity for, for women to allow their most authentic selves to come out, but also to push themselves beyond what they thought possible, um, and a sense, again, of, of accomplishment and you know, when you face your fears and you're, you're physically getting out of your comfort zone and the growth that happens and the confidence and the bravery and courage that comes as a result goes on for way past that event because you've lived it, you've experienced it, you've felt it in your body and you can go back to that moment and remember it. Mm -hmm. And so when you're coming up with those challenges or those voices are getting in your head again, you can say, oh, I went skydiving. If I did that, I can make this phone call, you know, uh, and we sometimes need those reminders. So it's just an opportunity for women to, yeah, to do these things that they've always thought about doing so that they can surprise themselves in terms of what's actually possible. And it's, it's great bonding. You meet some awesome women there. One of the best compliments I've ever had for my events is, you know, they're like, I don't even know what this event is about. Like I just signed up because I know I'm going to meet the most amazing women there. And so we've built a really, really great community. And, uh, uh, yeah, we, we get to have fun, push ourselves, and live big together. So. so it's really about people being able to leave behind all responsibility, um, to get to try things that, you know, normally you'd have to coordinate or whatever. They can just go in and say, oh, well, I'd love to throw an axe, or I'm afraid of heights, and, you know, and then having a cheerleading team, I would think, around you, um, and then doing it. I remember when I learned to scuba dive, I'll give you an example. And okay, I grew up in the Caribbean. I should be good with water, right? Like, I mean, what's a big deal? You know, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, what's a big deal? So I go, um, you know, to a family member's pool. I almost killed myself, I think, four times, right? Because, oh because I had to take off my mask. Mm. Well, I, I like water. But, you know, the element of saying to me, I have to take off my mask. I love water. But I didn't like the, the issue of losing that sense. Mm. So I had the instructor. And, you know, at the bottom of the pool with me, I, I mean, I was fine, but I kept saying, I'm out of here. So I took off my mask. I would get back up because I was scared, kept getting scared, kept getting scared. And then I remember him looking at me and he said, when we were at the top yet again, he said, just look at my eyes. 
He said, all I want you to do before you take off your mask is to look at my eyes and remember all you have to do is to breathe. You can't see me, but all you have to do is breathe. And I remember I went back down begrudgingly because I had to get this notification. <laughs> I remember looking at his eyes, following his direction, taking it off. But of course, you know, with the, you know, everything bubbles up, I'm not seeing anything. And then I slowly, because I had calmed down instead of being fearful, slowly put it back on. And like when you talk about those moments, right? I was like, wow, what a big deal that was, right? Because I was only mm-hmm. eight, I could, I could have swam up, but it's the brain almost forgetting and thinking I couldn't do it until I did it. And what a magnificent experience that was because if I didn't do it, I couldn't do it in open water. And if I couldn't do it in open water, I wasn't getting my certification and I would have missed out of 10 years of some of the most amazing experiences diving in my life. Right. And, you know, so I could just imagine some of the things or even the women at the try, try that go through it and they do it, what they must, that euphoric experience and the body, as we know, as a psychotherapist keeps the score. It remembers. So even when you're feeling down, you go back to that place, you can kind of almost archive it again, and then it helps you to gain that momentum. So I, I think that sounds like a fantastic experience to be able to come out to an event like that. Well, well, thank you for sharing that story because that is huge. And for a lot of people, you know, don't take for for granted, don't take it lightly, like being in water and open water, but even in a pool. I mean, for a lot of people, that is extremely uh, scary. And I think that's the thing that we have to remember. And going back to what you were saying before, um, you know, we think we're afraid to ask for help often and we so we suffer in isolation because we want to have it all figured out and women especially we compare ourselves to everybody else that we see out there social media does not make it any easier and we assume that we're the only ones who are suffering and or we're the only ones that have this fear but it's all relative we all are going through our own demons we are all facing our own fears and that's that is a huge thing and you had a great line where you said i had to do it before i could think i could do it mm-hmm. like you did it. And I think that's with so many of these things, we're not going to have it figured out before we do it. That's the whole point. You know, life is uncertain. We can't be yes. certain before yes. we try something. And so we have to get comfortable in the uncomfortable. And I know it sounds cliche, but you're not going to know if something's going to work before you do it. So you got to do it and then you'll figure it out. And so it's that being brave enough to be able to say, okay, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. I don't know how it's going to work. But you always regret the things you don't do way more than things that you do do. And in your case, I mean, as you 10 years of, of beautiful opportunities and experiences scuba diving, I can only imagine. Um, and so sometimes you do got to face your fear in that moment, breathe, slow down, um, <laughs> be, be in the moment too, right? Yes. And, and then convince yourself you can do it before you think you can. So, you know, it's interesting, right? Because a lot of times what um, my coaching clients or my practice clients will, they'll take someone that's, um, they look at someone that they think I, I, I admire that person or I see them and they've achieved so much and they compare themselves to that person, not knowing the backstory. And what I feel privileged to have seen within my career, I'm sure you too, is that the people that have really become successful have had such a story. Um, and then when you dig in, when they share it with you, you go, I would have never thought that about you. And, um, but women sometimes will compare and say, well, I look at Carol or I look at, 
you know, Roxanne or, or Suzanne or something, and I don't see that she's ever been through anything. Um, I just see the success. And I think when women get together, and, and also men, and, you know, not to take away from any man living, um, listening today, is when we share openly, we are so much stronger. Yeah. Right. But unfortunately, as we grow up in Western society, we get told, you know, it's, it's all about I, it's not about, it's about being able to rely on yourself. It's not about reaching out, which we really realize that that truly is not, that's not resilience. Resilience is connection and connections being vulnerable. Letting people uh, absolutely. We can only connect when we're vulnerable. And I think, you know, as you were mentioning before, it's so important to be able to share and to connect and and recognize that again, like it's it's only in, in realizing we all have a story that we're going to be able to all get where we want to go. And mm-hmm. I think we do compare, and we compare to people's middle or end game when we're sometimes starting out at the gates, and that's right. more detrimental too, because. If we look at some of these extremely successful people that we hold up on pedestals, if we saw their first ever video online or you know, what they looked like when they first started, it would be a very different story. And so I think, I think it's the responsibility of those who are at certain, you know, I don't necessarily believe in levels, but who have had more success or have been in the, in the game longer to be actually brave enough to take back the curtain and, and show what it was like in those early days. And, and even those who are extremely successful, quote unquote, now I've never met anyone and tell me if you have in all of the work that I've done uh, and had the privilege to be able to do, no one has ever had it all figured out. No one. We all are, fig- are figuring it out as we go. We all have stuff that's going on. What, what looks like it is on the surface, this is never the full story or the reality. So we have to be careful when we're comparing because we don't know what people have gone through. We don't know what people are going through. And, and what we see on social media and online is never, never the full story. Isn't that the truth, right? And then that's what a lot of people, they use that as their barometer, barometer for what's happening. And that's unfortunately not reality. And I don't know if this is your experience, but I often thought when I started to get into the speaking world, um, I would reach out to people that I thought were successful. And the people that took the time sometimes were the most successful people that I, and then I realized the other people that maybe were not as open to speak to me, oftentimes were not as successful as they portrayed. So the people that spent the time and they sat and they gave me a half an hour of their time and I'm like blown away you know, half an hour of their time was so valuable. And other people that I thought, oh, I should be able to get in to meet with that person. They would say to me, no, I don't have the time. Or, you know, are you sure? You know, interesting. interesting, right? So it's so important that you check what you consider support um, before you kind of surround your people with that net of people that you're going to go to. Because sometimes we think, hey, I'm going to go to someone. And then, then you come away from them and you're thinking, why am I second guessing what I knew before? Yeah. Right. And so to really kind of make sure that when you make those choices, that you're making it with a reflective lens of what's really good for you. Would you agree with that, Carol? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we also have to be careful to um, differentiating between our cheerleaders and our mentors, because I think when you're starting out or when you're unsure in a certain area, we can ask so many people's opinions and want to work with everyone and want everyone to like us, but then it becomes more complicated and more difficult. So, you know, I have the people that I turn to as my cheerleaders who are like, okay, can I do this? Yes. But if I want to work with mentors or with people who are where I am, where I want to be, or, you know, or seasoned speakers, seasoned business owners, um, then you have to be careful too, because, uh, you know, 
everybody is going to be giving you their opinion. Everyone's going to say what works for them. But I think going back to what you're all about, living authentically, just because it worked for someone doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Mm-hmm. And just because this Hall of Fame speaker said you got to do it this way doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. So I would say choose the few people who you do want to work for, from, uh, learn from, rather work with. Make sure you know who they are and that they're in alignment with who you are and your values are similar. But then also trust that you are going to learn from a few people and that you don't have to listen to everyone because ultimately we know what's best for ourselves. And sometimes we need to be guided and we need those mentors who have paved the way already to say, you know, do it like this or this worked for me or have you thought about it this way? Because I think the best mentors and coaches, I'm sure you would agree, are the ones who don't tell you what to do, but they help help you discover what you already know to be true for you or what, what makes the most sense for you. But then ultimately you have to learn how to how to listen to yourself and trust yourself as well. So I think it's a combination of, of choosing the few people that you want to learn from, follow, be mentored by, and then also surround yourself with the people who can cheer you on so that you can ultimately listen to what makes the most sense for you. Right, and it's a, it's a delicate balance, right? Because you're trying to figure out as you're beginning, maybe in a new career or a shift, and how do you do that? But know that eventually when you do slow down, and you really think about what's important to you, that's the most important place to make that decision from. Absolutely. Right? Because, you know, maybe Carol's life is not maybe what you want, but you like, you like what Carol's done, but maybe you have a different perspective on things, but you can also achieve the goals that you want, but it fit into your beliefs, your values, you know, the, the kind of community. If you have children, if you have young children, even say someone like myself at a different stage, I could not have made the decisions that I'm making now with a teenager that I, when I, when he was two, just because, you know, you know, I'm, that was the most important priority, but again, not comparing, um, you know, make sure that you're looking at people that have a better fit stage wise. Also, um, are they successful, but are they successful um, in line with what you're wanting for yourself as you kind of create that path? Totally. Absolutely. And I think when we're, when we're starting out and we are more delicate and we have those fears, we tend to do whatever is told to us to do. Um, and then eventually we get this icky feeling and it's, you know, we're supposed to be going after our dreams and it's not feeling right because we're not in alignment with, with our own beliefs and our own values and what makes the most sense. So I think constant check-in with ourselves is so, so important. Um, yeah. So Carol, you know, this has been a fascinating talk and I, I, I can see how much um, alignment our, our brands do have. So for anything, do you have anything that uh, is coming up that you'd like to share with the listeners or the viewers that they could get involved with or how do they reach out to you if they're wanting to work with you? Well, you can definitely go to womenlivingbig.com or carolschulte.com. Either of those, I've got some um, a Living Big Manifesto that you can get and um, get top reasons why you may or may not need a bucket list and what that means. But I've got a, a pretty exciting program com- coming up, which is called My Big Life. And we get into, which we didn't have a chance today, but getting into the three areas of big, what that means and what that looks like in practice. And it's a combination of getting clear, not only on your values, you create your personal mission and manifesto, um, you really look at the elements that make up the biggest part of you in the work that you do, but we also match it with experiential learning, which is what makes it so powerful. So in Toronto, <coughs> we do things like 
edge walk, indoor skydiving, ninja course. Uh, and we're also doing it in other areas too. So that's a really exciting, uh, really exciting program that I only work with a few people at a time. So I can share the link for an application to that. But for anybody who is in the GTA, on October 27th, uh, Women Living Big is turning three and we are going indoor skydiving and we're doing an awesome workshop event called Ignite. How to get out of your comfort zone and into your big zone. And it's gonna be a really fun, um, fun day and I would love to invite anyone who's interested in coming along for the celebration and to um, to defy gravity and, and go skydiving with us it's gonna be lots of fun wow that sounds like a lot of fun so it's it's in Toronto okay that's that's good to know so the 27th mm -hmm. well Carol this has been a pleasure um, you know and uh, what a value you're giving to people out there not just I'm sure men get also get value, but to women that I think sometimes you're so right. We take on so much responsibility that at the end of the day, you forget about yourself and just to have that permission to be around other women, um, maybe at different ages or stages or who have accomplished things or have made different decisions. What a, what a gift that is to be able to be around that and then try something new. And what we know from the research doing you know, we may not feel like it, we, you know, but once we start to move, the emotion and the thoughts catch up after, afterwards. So, you know, the research shows that with anybody that's down or, or depressed, get up, do something, and then that eventually impacts how you think and feel differently, which is what you're doing, um, you know, with a lot of people. And then the thought, right, like my little scuba diving thing, like then I thought I could do anything. Absolutely. Right? Because I was so petrified at the bottom of that pool. And since then, I've dove, you know, I've done ship direct dives and all those things. Things that I thought there is no way, no way, because I had to lose that one sense of sight, you know, which was basically a complete loss of control for me somewhere in my psyche. So that gift that you're able to give women uh, to be able to experience those things. Um, what, what a truly a blessing that uh, you're giving to women out there. So um, again, thank you for taking the time and um, maybe we'll see you on the 27th. I would love that. I, that would be great. Well, that thank you great. so much for, for having me, Roxanne. It's been great. You are a delight and you're doing such important work in this world. And I'm so blessed to, to have been able to be a part of your community today and looking forward to continuing it. Awesome, Carol. So everyone, thanks again for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne. If you're wanting more information um, about Authentic Living, uh, what you can do is go to roxannedurhodge.com forward slash blueprint where there's a free course and how to be more authentically connected to yourself. So take care and we'll chat with you again pretty soon. Take care till next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxannederhage.com slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.